Thank you for joining us on yet another episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. I am your host, Kelby Bachman, and the song you just heard is How Bad Do You Want It by Tim McGraw, and it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Brandon Van Tassel. Brandon Russell is 184 pounds for the Nebraska Cornhuskers and is from Mapleton, Utah. I'm excited to feature Brandon on the podcast because his story is rather unique. After high school, Brandon took time off to go on a two-year mission trip before returning to the sport of wrestling. Uh, In this episode, we dive into his mission trip, how he stayed in shape while he was away, plus much more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Brandon Van Tassel. All right. I am here with Nebraska Cornhusker 184-pounder Brandon Van Tassel. Brandon, how's it going? That's good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for stopping by, taking some time, talking to me about some wrestling and your experiences. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, well, let's get started with, um, so you're from Utah. What's the wrestling scene like out in Utah? Um, Utah, when all growing up for me, has been super competitive. Like, I remember, I mean, I started wrestling when I was four and um, wrestled through high school there, so... Like, I got to experience that competition. Um, I would suppose, I mean, I've never really lived in any other state, mm-hmm. so I'd suppose it's pretty pretty much similar to every other state. I mean, we had some good competition. It is kind of slowing down for us in Utah, but we definitely, um, growing up, had great competition, had tons of amazing wrestlers coming out of Utah, tons going to lots of big schools. So it's uh, it's competitive, and we like it. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously the one of the goats, you know, Kale Sanderson's from there. Mm-hmm. There's there's plenty other you can list off. It's quietly a pretty solid state for wrestling. Yeah, traditionally it, it is. Yeah. Like we've produced some big wrestlers, so we we do have that claim. Yeah, for sure. And I know uh, there were some that came to Iowa. There was the Lofthouse Brothers and Matt Brown. We talked about him a little bit. And, yeah, you know, uh, now yourself. So, um, what's it like trying to bring that? west coast feel now to the midwest um it is like there is a definitely a different feel like wrestling there and here um i mean wrestling is kind of wrestling wherever we go mm-hmm. uh, but i would say utah like we do have like a lot of religious influence there and so it is a little different because we take sundays and stuff we never wrestle on sundays in utah but come out here and it's like every day is a go day like there's mm-hmm. no off days for us mm-hmm. and so um it is definitely a little bit of a transition there but 
no worse for the wear. We like it. Yeah, yeah. And so you, you talked about um, maybe a little more religious factor there. How do you incorporate that into your wrestling? Yeah, so that's a, a it's I would say religion plays the biggest role in my life above anything. So like I, I mean I spend countless hours wrestling, lots of hours doing school, but religion has kind of been um, my my stable underground for it all. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we talked about earlier, we I did serve a mission for two years in Chicago as soon as I graduated high school um, and left and every day all day from eight in the morning till ten at night it was on the streets talking to people about about religion about Jesus so like having that part and that base is is kind of I feel steadied my mind and and everything with wrestling as well yeah and we'll we'll talk about that experience here in a little bit mm-hmm. um is it different did you go to a high school like a catholic high school like they have those around here in mm-hmm. in in Nebraska and also in Iowa you know where I'm from um was that I guess typically what what it was where you were from actually no so like we had just like everybody I knew everybody grew up with just grew up in a public school um pretty pretty similar to the high schools here but it was because there was such a high religious influence from the Church of Jesus Christ we like everybody had the common understanding like we don't wrestle on Sundays and and certain days are are more important than others you know mm-hmm. um but every, the majority of, like, my high school team, we were all members of the church. Mm-hmm. I actually, like, went to the same church as a lot of them. So so that's kind of where that influence comes from. Huh, interesting. So when you – I just – I guess I just find it interesting that it wasn't a Catholic school when that's kind of the big basis out there. But mm-hmm. So you guys kind of do that on your own, and you guys forge your own religious path per se. Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of influence from the church and like mm-hmm. from our church leaders of of kind of how to live our lives, and and we kind of we get a lot of freedom of how to follow those lines. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, we had uh, in Utah they they have a class specifically for the Church of Jesus Christ. We call it seminary, but the school would actually give us credit for that class, and we would leave uh-huh. the building, go to a separate building that's built by the school or on the school property and have a class period there where it's simply just like a religion class. So I guess in that sense, yeah, there is like a lot of religious influence even in school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's got to play a big role. And I know when you hear a lot of athletes, I think it just plays a lot, a big role in athletics mm-hmm. because you're going to face a lot of adversity and you need to put your faith maybe in something else other than athletics. And so a lot of people do look towards Jesus Christ as, as something to help get them through adversity, tough times, you know? Yeah. Um, so how, how have you have you been able to do that? Is that kind of where where you've led your life yeah. in your wrestling career? Yeah, a ton, honestly. I mean, um, like obviously every wrestler faces adversity. We all have losses. We all get injuries. We all have things that we don't quite understand. But having that religious background, that understanding, being able to have my family have that understanding, all my friends have that same understanding, not only am I like relying on myself, but now I have my parents and I have my friends who all can give input and insight in a way that relates to me because we all have that same background. And I mean, I can't count how many times I've I found myself on my knees praying to God for help, mm-hmm. like whether it's through injury or whether I'm struggling with school, getting behind with school because I got to wrestle every weekend or maybe my wrestling struggling. I just mm-hmm. need need some help, you know. 
And so, like that that part of it is like it's almost intertwined. Like mm-hmm. you said, love a lot of athletes, I would say, do have that belief in God mm-hmm. because um, it's just such a, a difficult and demanding thing to do. Yeah, and it, it probably is comforting being around everybody when you're in high school. You know, everyone's believing in the same, and you're you all look and you all have kind of that same mindset of, well, if something you know, I can turn. And then you can lean on each other also yeah. because you're also leaning on Jesus Christ as well. Exactly. So that's got to bring some comfort to some aspect too, that your whole team believes in the same thing, you know, one team, one dream kind of a deal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when you have a good belief system on the mm-hmm. team, then then you kind of share it. And like when one guy's down low, the rest of the team can pick him up, not only just like physically, but we can pick each other up spiritually as well. Right, for sure. Um, and now I know you mentioned injuries that's something you've dealt with personally. Um, which knee has it been? So it's actually been both of them. Both of them, okay. My left knee, I've I've blown out three times. My right knee, I've, I've blown out twice. Okay. And when you say when you say blown out, like how I always wonder what 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 do people mean when they say blown out? So there's a, there's like I guess a couple things. Like for me, um, I've had trouble with like my meniscus. And mm-hmm. Lots of people get like a torn meniscus. They'll just clip it out. My meniscus actually completely ripped off of my knee, like the joint itself. And so doctors, instead of just cutting it out, I'd have to get a knee replacement. They would go in and they'd actually have to stitch it back down and then I'd be off it for three months. Couldn't really do anything on it for three months. Um, And then I also, I mean, one year I I tore my ACL, my LCL, my MCL Mm -hmm. wrestling and lots of wrestlers know how that is. That's a a nine month turnaround Mm -hmm. lots of times. And so I guess just, I guess it comes with the, the sport, but. And did this all happen in high school? Yeah, so it happened. I had one after my eighth grade year, my ninth grade year, uh, my sophomore, junior, and then right after my senior year as well. Wow. Yeah. And so the ACL, the MCL, so those are ligaments. Mm-hmm. And not to go all doctor and science on there you. So ligaments, they will do, um, they do the bone to bone. Yes, those ones right there, they, they, they're what kind of hold your knee together, mm-hmm. stabilize it so it doesn't bend in or out or hyperextend. Yeah, so it like it's like your your kneecap to your what your femur is that? Yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely sure <laughs> what what it all is, but yeah, the top part of your knee to the bottom part of your knee. <laughs> and so um do you blew all all them out and all and how did you say they kind of went in there and reconstructed it cuz they didn't really that you said they normally cut it out. For my meniscus, yeah. Mm-hmm. Meniscus okay. is the cartilage in between. It's kind of the cushioning between your kneecap when they grind. Oh, yeah, yep, yep, yep. So, yep. so okay. it gives that cushion. What happened is when I'd bend, it would it actually pulled up completely off the bone. Ooh, it folded like a piece of paper, and so it would lock up, and I'd get stuck there, and then it'd be bone on bone. Mm-hmm. And so what they did is they went in and stitched it back down. But as far as the ligaments go, like an ACL, it was completely torn. Luckily enough, like my, AC, my LCL and my MCL were still had enough that they didn't have to go in and actually replace it but mm-hmm. the acl they just like took part of my hamstring and then oh no kidding yeah and then threaded it up through the joint and uh replaced it so okay and yeah. so you said so you you were two-time state champ mm-hmm. um that happened your sophomore year was one of them yeah and you actually won state how long was it between the sophomore and junior year so i actually i won junior senior year mm-hmm. yep yep um so what happened a lot of the times is it would, like my meniscus or whatever it was, would would get messed up mid-season, 
And then you see the wrestlers out there with the big old clunky mm-hmm. knee brace. That was me. How comfortable was is that? Not comfortable. It's not? Oh. No, it's terrible. <laughs> not, only, not only is it just big and hard and you bang your knees together, but, like, it restricts your, your mobility. So. Mm-hmm. so lots of guys that kind of do funky knees and, and score a lot of things. Yeah. Don't really have that option. Yeah. But, yeah, so I, I had my meniscus sophomore year. Um, I tore it at the end of the season, wrestled through it, and then as soon as the state championship was up, I think it was like one week later, I was under the knife, and then was all summer, and then right as season began the next year, I was able to get back on the mat. Wow, so you, you kind of rehabbed really that entire time. You didn't really get probably much mat time, and then it, no. you said it happened again. I mean, well, you said it happened eight, basically your whole high school career. Yeah, my, throughout my whole high school yeah. career was knee problems. Mm-hmm. Um, how's it doing now? Actually, pretty good. Awesome. Like, honestly, I've, I mean, I think, like, the two-year break was a blessing for me. Yeah. Just give everything a rest for two years. And, and since then, I mean, they're sore and stuff, which is to, to be expected. But, yeah. But they've been, they've been really good and stable for me. So uh, after your high school career, that's when you went into your, your mission. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you mission, that was a two-year mission in, in Chicago. Yeah. How did that kind of all come to fruition because um, I know sometimes, you know, we've heard stories about people going on a mission midway through their college career yeah. or when they're 20, and you went right out of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the thought behind that? I mean, it was, like you said, it was kind of a blessing because you had mm-hmm. the knee problems. It gave your knee time to just heal. Yeah. But what was the thought of going in right away as opposed to maybe postponing it? Yeah. So I know I do. Like, I know a few guys who have postponed it even Till after their four-year career and went on a mission, I don't know how they do that. That's super hard. But <laughs> but for me, like growing up in my household, it was always like we put God first, mm-hmm. and whatever happens, like He goes first, and then everything else works its way through. And so it was always known, like in the church, you graduate high school, and then once you graduate and you're 18 years old, you're able to go on a mission. Mm-hmm. And so when I had graduated, turned 18, it was just an expectation. Everybody knew. I knew growing up that that's that's how it would be, and so no matter what had come up at that point in my life, like the mission was where I was supposed to be, and then whatever fell after that would would work its way out. Yeah, and it, it landed you here. I, I noticed, you know, like throughout the injuries, um, you were a little uncertain about college career and wrestling. Mm-hmm. How did that kind of come in to play as you were starting? Kind of seemed like it was starting as your senior year and you weren't you were unsure and then all of a sudden you won state again and then here it is yeah i mean like i can remember like my freshman sophomore year i was like beat up my knees were getting torn out and i was mm-hmm. like yeah there's no way i'm wrestling in college mm-hmm. like i'll never make this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and then like my junior senior year i started having some, some success my senior year i felt really good and i i felt like i wrestled well and, and beat some good kids mm-hmm. um and then that's when Nebraska coaches actually were in Utah looking at Brock Hardy because mm-hmm. they'd recruited him, and I just so happened to be wrestling the tournament, and they saw me, and it was, you know it all kind of came together, and it helped that I had a two-year postponement because Taylor Venz was in the lineup and is only yeah. a year older than me. And they're like, well, sweet, like there's a two-year postponement. We can have him two years down the line when when Venz is about to to be out. Yeah. And so kind of all worked out like we like. Yeah, like that's interesting that you kind of brought that up. Uh, Not only did it work out for, 
your knee healing up, but it also worked out because, like you said, Venz was there, mm-hmm. so it gave you to postpone a couple years. Um, so I mean, it all kind of worked out in your favor. Yeah, I mean, it know? was every, the timing was was great, impeccable. Yeah. Which, which I think, as to your point, where some people put it off, the timing isn't. But in your case, so that's that's awesome that it worked out the way it did for you. You know, I'm super happy for you. Yeah, absolute uh, blessing. Yeah. Um, you said Brock Hardy, they were in town to recruit him. He was two hours away from you, roughly, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, how did you kind of hook up with him? So we would wrestled on just like some, some state national teams, mm-hmm. you know, like we'd went and traveled to Virginia and stuff together. Um, his dad's background and my dad's background were were pretty similar like they mm-hmm. all they're both in the agriculture field and oh, okay and so like they knew of each other and, and knew and knew about each other and then me and brock wrestled actually our freshman year believe it really not. i was small enough yeah we wrestled at our <laughs> divisional tournament um but like just we always just had like a common respect every tournament we'd kind of talk and and get together and then mm-hmm. um he actually played a big role in in pointing me out to the coaches so they should they can actually look at me so nice i i credit him to a lot mm-hmm. so yeah and he went um he went to rio de janeiro so he yep. went to brazil mm-hmm. um and then you went to chicago what mm-hmm. um did you guys kind of talk about your approach um and leaving and then did you guys communicate a whole lot when you were on your mission or how did that relationship continue yeah, so I think as soon as we both had decided that we were coming here to Nebraska, like we were like, all right, man, we got to talk. We're going through the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And so like we started talking a little bit more, texting before the mission, trying to figure some things out. And then during our mission, we would email back and forth. I mean, he had little internet cafes, so we could really text <laughs> yeah, yeah. across the world. <laughs> but we would email back and forth, just talking about the mission, talking about how we were feeling, how our bodies were feeling. Um and then towards the end of the missions where we started really talking about what we can do for wrestling and like how's that going to go and get back in shape you know training. yeah what what kind of advice were were you given you said your dad um he did the same thing he went on a mission and did, did he wrestle again in college when he came back yeah so he wrestled a couple of years actually at brigham young university which used oh, to have yes, a team, but yes. they, they cut it from us mm-hmm. um but i mean he he was going to wrestle at Oklahoma State, and then he told me he's going to go on a mission, and they, they told me they didn't want to wait the two years. Um, but he told me, like, on your mission, like, it's, it's, it can be a, a make-it-or-break-it situation. Like, you can either go on your mission, eat garbage, never work out, come back 30 pounds heavier and completely out of shape, mm-hmm. or you can make sure to stay disciplined on your mission, make sure to get up in the mornings, work out, have a good diet. So when you come back, you're as in good a shape as you possibly can mm-hmm. be to wrestle. And he's like, and remember, like, I realize the mission's important. And I realize you got to have a focus for it. But take time out of your week to, like, focus on your wrestling. Like, don't let it get away from me. Don't let those dreams and, and goals escape you during that two-year two, two year siesta. So, Yeah, it sounds like you, you kind of had a comfort of, okay when you were kind of getting overwhelmed with the mission you could turn to wrestling and working out and when you were kind of getting a little overwhelmed by that you you kind of had an outlet in your in your missionary work mm-hmm. so it kind of was it, it seems like it could have been a good extremely good balance yes yeah. exactly balance good word good yeah. word um what what did you kind of take from that the mission trip that you know you're bringing to your wrestling now even in college mm-hmm. and so so that's a great question honestly the mission has probably been one of the most influential things that has happened in my life i mean like we're 18 year old kids coming out of high school and i don't know like if we look back to our 
our graduated selves, like not ready <laughs> yeah. to go, you know. Um, but they they pick you up, take you from, like, you're away from your family. I mean, I was 1,500 miles. Brock was across the equator mm-hmm. from them. And, like, we are placed just in a city we have no idea about with people we have never met in our lives. Mm-hmm. The only thing we share in common is our rig- religious beliefs. And they put me out with there, another 20-year-old kid, and they say, go to work. I start teaching the gospel. Yeah. And so obviously an overwhelming, uncomfortable feeling. Yeah. And so I felt that that was, that was a big growing period of my life where I was like, you know, I really got to figure things out for myself and how to live by myself and how yeah. to stay disciplined. And I mean, the, the mission, like there's, there's a lot of things to keep us busy and to make sure that we don't veer and do things we're not supposed to mm-hmm. like we have a we have a wake-up time we have a bedtime can't watch tv can't listen to any music other than gospel music um can't play video games and every day is just on the streets talking and teaching mm-hmm. and so like there's a level of of dedication and yeah. and just like staying nose to the grindstone all the time mm-hmm. and i found like when i came home when it was transitioning into just real world life of of wrestling in school. It's like, all right, I gotta take care of what is necessary right now. Gotta go in, work my guts out in wrestling practice, come home, get all my homework done. And then like whatever is left is I can fill it with productive things, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like is is obviously one of the greatest experiences for me, being able to talk to people, being able to communicate, you know? Yeah. Um, is, a, is also a big thing from the mission that I took, so. yeah. Nice. And like you said, uh, when we look back at our 18-year-old selves, you know, to go off on our own like that is, I mean, it's kind of scary. Terrifying. Yeah. Um, And especially, you know, like you kind of went to Chicago. Where were we at in Chicago, were you? So I spent spent about six months in the suburbs just out of Chicago. Then I actually spent right around 11 and a half months in the south side of Chicago. Um, and then another three to six months out out in kind of the suburbs surrounding. But I spent about half my mission right downtown, south south side of Chicago. So mm-hmm. um, had that full experience. Yeah, and and um, you probably were able to deal with a lot of adversity when you were there too. I mean, when you think about it, and got told no a lot. Maybe the door slammed in your face. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, like just all sorts of negative energy. But you were. I mean, how how were you able to kind of take that and turn it into positive? Is that when you turned to wrestling and working out? Yeah, a lot of times, like when I would get overwhelmed with the re- the, the the mission life, and I just feel like I was getting stuck inside my head. Um, we were we had a time set aside right in the mornings when we woke up that we could work out. I was like, man, I'm going to use that every day. Mm-hmm. And go and blow everything out. Kind of get your mind off that. Focus on wrestling. Focus on the goals that are at hand physicality and then when that's over you cut it off back to missionary working is like a refresh yeah yep man that 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 has to be tough i mean i i'm not trying to compare it but my wife is a sales sales rep and she gets told no a lot too Mm -hmm. you know um so having to kind of deal with that you know like i from that perspective i understand you know um but yeah, that's that's got to be hard, especially for an eighteen-year-old kid. When you were successful in wrestling, you probably not saying got told no a lot, but you know oh, you do. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, how how did you kind of deal with that, and then bring that experience back to wrestling? Did you what kind of you know mentality did that help you 
iron out. Yeah, so I think if you like, if you asked any return missionary kind of that same question, like the rejection is just built into the job. Mm-hmm. Like you go in expecting, like you're going to get rejected, but there's going to be people who who you can actually help and who will really accept it. Um, but you step into a wrestling room, wrestling's a game of failures. Mm-hmm. Like yes. you walk in and you learn from failures. Some days you walk in and you kill it. And you have a great day, great workout, and you feel like you're on top of the world. Other days you walk in and you become the mop, man. Mm-hmm. You just get worked over. But you come away from it every time. Like, you know, that's part of the job. I'm going to take whatever I did wrong or whatever I failed at there, learn from it, and then just put it behind you and go to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I remember on my mission, lots of times I talked to somebody. Maybe I didn't say something quite right. And I'm like, yeah, like, get away from me. <laughs> Never going to say that again. Yeah. Right, let's move along. <laughs> Put it behind next person. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's kind of the, just like a great turnover. Yeah, and let's, let, okay, let's start talking about the positives. Mm-hmm. Because obviously there were a lot of positives, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this was a way for you to possibly change somebody's life. Mm-hmm. You know, so that probably kept you going when you did get somebody and you you spread the word and they were like, light bulb. Yep. You know, is that how is that a lot of experience that you had as well that you could just see it in their face just like something just changed? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's like the reward after mm-hmm. all the work is you find somebody who is going through really hard times. I mean, I taught a lot of people who had immigrated from Africa and were just struggling to get along and I'd find somebody, talk to them and they're like, "Oh my goodness, like you're the answer to my mm-hmm. problems. What you have to share is the answer to my problems." The light bulb would go off, and then they'd, they'd be able to teach them and help them, and, and it was life-changing for them. Yeah. A lot of times, same thing kind of with wrestling. Like, um, you have those those moments of, of light that keep you going, <laughs> a win, a victory, and you're just like, sweet, like, yeah. let's keep going. That's what that's the addiction part, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and that that has to be just a wonderful feeling to, to be able to see that and, you know, experience that in real time, in real life, mm-hmm. you know, that you changed you know some of their lives and now you don't have to answer this but are, are there people that are still that you're still in contact with that like when you go you know that you spread the word to and you keep in contact with to this day yeah absolutely yeah, there's i have quite a handful actually of people who i had taught and and helped on my mission mm-hmm. who actually reach out to me all the time they're like hey van tassel like how you doing <laughs> like we love the church we're grateful <laughs> like we well we're so grateful that you found us. And I'm like, I'm like, man, how are you doing? Like, I love you yeah. and your family. And I went back actually to Chicago last summer just to visit again and actually went to a lot of the homes of the people I taught. And nice. it was just a great, great time with some of the, the amazing people I met. Yeah, that's awesome. And that, I mean, that's kind of the way wrestling can be. You know, mm-hmm. you just kind of end up wrestling and might wrestle some kid. And then next <laughs> thing you know, like your friends, your family and it goes from there so exactly gosh yeah there's plenty of similarities that when you actually sit down and dive you know digest it all between your mission and and wrestling or even the church and wrestling Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of similarities that you can mesh together and so it's great that you're able to bring that to the table um so why why did you actually end up coming to nebraska so like i wasn't extremely heavily recruited Mm -hmm. like obviously utah valley university i had a great opportunity to go there um, but when Nebraska offered a trip I was like sweet you know let's go take a trip see what happens and um, at the end of the trip they made me an offer and I was like I'm getting out of Utah yeah. like, <laughs> like I just spent two years away from my family lived the summer love them and all but 
let's get out. Mm -hmm. let's, let's try something new, make yourselves a little uncomfortable and have a good growing experience. So it was something that, I mean, I'd never experienced as, as a program this level. And so. Yeah, have you ever been, have you ever been out this way besides Chicago or? I mean, I've, I've traveled a little bit, like mm -hmm. just to wrestling terms and stuff, yeah. but never really sat down and taken in a, in a place, like a state or something like that. And mm -hmm. so, like Chicago was one thing, two years, I could tell you everything about the city of Chicago. Really? <laughs> but, but now it's a great opportunity being here in Lincoln, where it's a little di different dynamic, different than Utah, different than Chicago. And so mm -hmm. it creates a level of discomfort that you can grow from. Yeah, and and you have like you mentioned, Brock Hardy's on the team. He's also from Utah, mm -hmm. a couple hours away. He went to Rio. Is it nice to have somebody on the team like that that has been on the same mission? You know, not a, the same mission, but who's been very on a, similar experience. Yes, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, what's interesting is we have we have two other guys actually. So we have Landon Brown, who actually just messed his neck up, and and it's a career-ending injury for him, oh, which is too tragic. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. But he went to Guatemala as well. And so there's like the three Utah boys who all serve <laughs> missions. And, and we get to, to talk about those experiences, talk about our experience here. And and we kind of have a good camaraderie right there. Yeah. And especially if something like, like that happens. I'm very unfortunate to hear about Landon Brown. And, mm -hmm. You know, but he has two people who believe in what he believes in and can lean on when something like that happens. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's important. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. Um, and so they came out to recruit um, Brock, and they kind of just happened to fall upon you, mm -hmm. basically. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much how it worked. <laughs> and then, so you, like, you were, like, we talked about your knee injuries. So you weren't even thinking about wrestling in college. Did that kind of help you just relax and wrestle to the best of your ability when you were in high school like yeah th that kind of take the pressure off yeah absolutely i mean my the last thought in my head was hey there's a college recruiter here i got to wrestle well so mm -hmm. they they can look at me i was like ah, you know what i don't care i'm yeah. just gonna wrestle my thing the only pressure i have is my my high school team um so yeah like that was never a thing and then all of a sudden like everything just came to pass i was like wow what a great bonus <laughs> <laughs> and um when when um they came out and talked to you or you came here and you talked about the two-year trip i mean um were you in contact with them when you were gone and kind of keeping tabs on what was going on yeah absolutely the coaches honestly like my hat's off to them mm -hmm. taking a bet on a couple guys who came out of high school feeling good wrestling good and then we're just going to go two years of nothing not even lacing up wrestling shoes and then expecting them to come back and and be point scorers for you mm -hmm. um and so like obviously they were emailing us like how you doing how's mission going how you mm -hmm. feeling um our weightlifting coach actually sent me and brock some some lifts and some workouts to oh nice to do cool cool so that we could keep up on as much as we could mm -hmm. but like coaches were super understanding yeah and and had great trust in us and we're grateful for that and i'm sure so they sent you these workouts and when you came back finally after a couple of years um how'd you feel did you feeling good you feeling in pretty good shape um i wouldn't say pretty good like um my knees felt better than ever mm -hmm. yeah. lie. <laughs> but uh came back and like i remember taking like a good jog in in the five thousand foot elevation in utah i was like mm -hmm. i'm gonna die like i will never <laughs> like i'm never gonna get back to shape yeah um but thankfully like for some reason covid came at the right time for me again had all summer to kind of get myself back in in good physical shape so when i actually ended up here um i was feeling pretty decent when i was wrestling so 
It's a good thing. Yeah, I was just going to ask about wrestling shape because there's a difference <laughs> oh, yeah. between, and wrestlers know this, between just being in shape and mm-hmm. being in wrestling shape. So I was curious about how you felt coming into, you know, like, oh, yeah, I feel good. I lifted, I ran, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you get on the mat and you're like, oh, my gosh. There's a whole other ball of wax. Yeah, you're like, I'm sore, my arms, my <laughs> neck, like my head got beat on at practice. Like, yeah. oh, man. Yeah, a couple weeks of... of early mornings where you wake up and you're like, man, I did not want to wake right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I think every wrestler coming off a little off-season feels that way. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely like a transition. Like two years, your body has had no experience with that. And then stepping on the mat in a college room, and you're like, oh, I was like, not what I expected. <laughs> yeah, especially the college room, like you said. I mean, I know there's a jump from, from high school to college, so, you know, stepping into a high school room, you know, you're not that beat up, but yeah, mm-hmm. coming in, getting beat up by Vens and Schultz. And <laughs> yeah. Got <laughs> the log now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, how, how does the knee feel, I guess? Um, when was that turning point when you were, were you ever, like, nervous when you got done with your knee? Um and when was the turning point where you were like, all right, my knee's good? You know, like I think athletes sometimes go through that where they get injured mm-hmm. and then it takes that one hit and they're like, I'm fine. Okay, my knee's good or, you know, my, my arm, whatever. Yeah. Um, so that like definitely happened. Like all obviously all through high school, like it, it constantly got hurt and coming off, I was like, all right, well, like here we go. We're going into college room. It's going to get wrenched on even harder. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I, I was nervous all year last year about it and – like whenever it got in a bind, I was like, you know, you can just have this takedown. I don't, I don't want to take him down mm-hmm. and blow my knee out. Um, but I remember, like, I just got through the end of last year, first year for for five or six years that I made it through a whole season without a, a knee problem. Wow. And at that point, I was like, you know what? It's it's pretty bulletproof. Knock on wood. Right. Yeah. And uh, making it through this season as well, like I'm I'm super confident in them that uh, they feel good. I put them in binds. Mm-hmm. Been in scrambles where. Like they've been wrenched on, and they've held up great. So that's great. Like I wouldn't say there's been like one moment where like just a lot of small experiences mm-hmm. that progressively got there. Yeah, and you know I think also the technique in college can be so precise that you know when your knee gets kind of twisted. Like not saying in high school, but sometimes some people in high school can be a little uh, sporadic or you know they're just reckless not, they're, maybe <laughs> a little bit. They're a little know? naive in positions. Exactly. Where, yeah. And so in college, you know, when they're doing, you know, like I watched um, the duo, I think it was Penn State, Iowa, and they did a bow and arrow on Jacob Warner, and I was mm-hmm. like, ooh, that looks like it hurts. But it seemed pretty legal, and they weren't, like, torquing it, so. Yeah. There's, like, I, th- I feel like college is very safe. Like, obviously injuries happen, we'll mm-hmm. get that, but refs are experienced. They know they've been around the sport enough, and and in the practice room, like, we get in binds. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to rip your knee out. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's great to hear. Like, I can't reiterate enough about how it's nice to hear a story about somebody who had some injuries and battled back. Mm-hmm. You know, we always love to hear those stories. Um, so when you came back, uh, did, so you went on your mission. Did you go back to Utah for the summer then when you got back in June? Because you went in July of yep. – 2018. Yep, I went July 5th, 2018, came back like mid of June 2020. Okay, and did you go right right out to Utah, to, to Mapleton? Yep, I just came right back home, started working for my dad through the summer and, and kind of getting back in shape. Yeah, and then you came out to Nebraska last year, which would have been the COVID year. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is your first... Is this your second full year, then, you could call it here? Yeah. I guess you could say it's my second full year. I guess I'll make it two full years this August. Yeah. 
and so. uh, and you're one of the older guys in a way. You're yeah. age-wise, mm-hmm. but you're still a freshman. Mm-hmm. So you're you're 23, 23-year-old freshman. That's something you don't hear very often. <laughs> but, <laughs> but how have you been using that experience of being older to your advantage here? Um, I don't know necessarily if it being older has been an advantage as much as just like having experience. Like uh, like I said, the mission was, was that blessing. Not only did it get me two years older and two years stronger, but it it gave me two years of real-world experience that mm-hmm. a lot of guys who graduate high school don't really get. Yeah. And so, like, just having that, that level of preparation, that uh, that mental growth for me was the biggest thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, and so um, when you came here, um, did you link up with Brock Hardy right away? You guys came at the same time. Yeah, we came home. He, I think he came home from his mission one month before me, and we both— came here in August when they opened it back up and lived actually lived together for the year so oh nice mm-hmm. all right um and uh did you receive any advice from other wrestlers that went on mission trips um I wouldn't say a ton like like I said a lot of it was like my dad I did have a high school coach who wrestled at Utah Valley who gave me like tips and pointers mm-hmm. my high school head coach actually um Justin Judkins served a oh. mission and then went to BYU as well and wrestled kind of for a little bit with my dad um he was a huge influential figure in my life Mm -hmm. and obviously kept up with me on my mission gave me kind of those same those same pointers like keep your goals at like obviously stay focused on your mission but but don't lose sight of of what's going to happen after the mission and so like having having people who have actually been through it and and come off of the two-year mission and get thrown into a, a college room mm-hmm. made it seem like it wasn't impossible. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and and to some that might seem a little impossible, mm-hmm. you know, or a little far-fetched that you can do that. But mm-hmm. it seems like the transition for you has been been a good one, relatively good. Yeah. Um, when you went out um, to Chicago and came back, how was was it different when you came back? Like, I mean, two years can be a long time. A lot can change. Mm-hmm. Um, so did it? Did a lot change for you? Um, I wouldn't I, like you would think that more would happen. Like I came home and obviously my siblings were a little older. And <laughs> my brother had gotten married while I was there. I was like, new member of the family, good to meet you yeah. <laughs> and stuff, you know. But pretty much things at home stayed relatively the same. People just got a little bit older and mm-hmm. went a couple grades in school, you know. My dad, my dad, and my mom were kind of all the same. Yeah, all my friends were the same. <laughs> And so, like, not a ton changed. Kind of like my whole world got put on pause. I went and spent two years doing something that I needed to do and mm-hmm. came back and just hit resume. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Awesome. And so when you came back, you said you had a – were you uh, a new family member? Were you able to attend, attend the ceremony or – No, actually, they got married one year – like, my one-year anniversary on my mission. So it was – Exactly. I think it was the week of July 5th that they got married. And I was like, dang it, like I haven't even met my sister. Yeah. <laughs> um, I see you You have a wedding band on. Are you, you married? Yeah. So I got married last May, actually. Nice. Yeah. I, I came home from my mission and I'd, I had a good friend in high school. Her name was Sadie. And she actually emailed me through my mission. We talked a little bit. I came home. I was like, hey, let me take you on a date. Mm-hmm. Things worked good, um, and then we did long-distance dating last year, um, and she's actually a gymnast at BYU. Oh, cool. And so she's actually back in Utah all this this year competing as a gymnast, and she's incredible. Yeah. So, like, it's kind of a, a funky situation with mm-hmm. that, but 
but wouldn't change it. Yeah, that's awesome. Congrats, by the way, on being married. Appreciate that. So um, it'll be one year, do you say, in May? Yep, one year in May. All right, yep. cool. We're coming up with any anniversary plans? Not yet. Not yet? No, we'll figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no worries. Yeah. Um, so you've been wrestling on a team. They pulled your red shirt, mm-hmm. um, and now you've been wrestling in some extra matches. What's that scene like being in wrestling in an extra match? You know, like mm-hmm. how do they decide who wrestles that you're going to wrestle? Because I think Alex Thompson wrestled. I forget if it was against Illinois or Northwestern. Wrestled against like Northwest, Northwestern, and, and, and there a couple you other. Yeah, you know. So what's yeah. that kind of like? So like I, I think the coaches early in the week before the the duel, they'll just get together like, hey, we have a, a guy at this weight and this weight that that's our backup guy that we want to get a match in. Um, you guys, can you fill those? And so lots of times the coaches will be obliged to to get their guys matches Mm -hmm. and i mean i'm super grateful for it Mm -hmm. i mean i got to wrestle one match against minnesota um because vens was out for a shoulder injury Mm -hmm. but the coaches have done a good job and gratefully have got some good matches lined up with me for some tough kids and you just i mean it's not like a real big deal lots of people would be like ah it's just an extra match like we don't care but um i'm grateful for it yeah experience get to wrestle another extremely good wrestler right and, right and get experience and and have that map time which is what we all need yeah and there there is a difference there's something to be said about being in the practice room and then trying to transition that into an actual match oh, yeah. i mean in practice like, there's a difference mm-hmm. you got there, you know you're wrestling in front of fans you got to turn that switch on mm-hmm. so there's a difference there is yeah um I, I remember you saying that uh you wrestled brock hardy as a sophomore mm, as a freshman as a freshman yeah you never said who won he, uh, he actually kicked my butt a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. You, if you looked at us side by side now, you wouldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I think he majored me <laughs> yeah. in uh, in the finals at, at our divisional tournament. Yeah. And what what weight was that? It was 132. 132? Yeah. <laughs> little, yeah, you kind of grew a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, when did you start wrestling? So I started wrestling when I was three, four years old. As soon as my dad could get wrestling shoes oh, on, really? he, he put me in yeah. the wrestling room. Yeah. So it's been a long, long time. And honestly, there have been times where I was like, you know, I'm done with this sport. Like, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. But looking back now, glad I never, never did. That's, I think every, maybe not every wrestler, but every athlete, you know, <laughs> goes through that where they're like, man, I'm done with this. I mean, I went through a period, <laughs> yeah. yeah, where I was like, I'm done with wrestling. Like, no. You know, what, what mm-hmm. brought you back to it? Why'd you? Why would you kind of stick it out? Honestly, like, the time where I was, like, absolutely thinking I was going to be done was, like, my sixth, seventh, eighth grade year. Um, but my dad's like, no, nah, you're not quitting. Like, I'm in charge of this household. You are going to keep wrestling. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I do not want to go to practice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he pushed me through it. And then, like, I, I was thinking about my eighth, ninth grade year. Between there, I was like, hey, it's kind of a good sport. Like, I kind of <laughs> like it, I yeah. guess. And so maybe I'll stick with it. And um, But, yeah, that was, like, a big thing. Growing up, when I was young, I think I was too naive to think that I could actually get out. And then, at some point, I was like, "Yeah, this is this isn't what I want to do." Mm-hmm. But, but looking back, grateful. Yeah, grateful I stuck with it. Did you ever think maybe you should, you know, maybe it isn't for you when your knee kind of kept going out on you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I remember sitting down with my dad, and he's like, he's like, honestly, like I'm your dad. I want you to wrestle. I want you to be successful. He's like, but at some point, you got to think about like your future mm-hmm. like you blow your knees you mess your knees up n- n- bad enough like it's gonna affect you down the road when you have a family you gotta take care of them and so i was like you know when's enough enough and for some reason it was like ah, i can take one more like we'll get through it 
<laughs> so, so here we are. We never set like a number like, all right, number three, we're yeah. done. It was more like, well, I feel like I can be fine. Let's just keep doing it. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's just, that's an interesting outlook that it, you know, and then it's just, okay, well, how does it feel? Like, what what's it feel like, you know, when, when something like, like, did you know? Do you know what happens? You know, when you, like, maybe the first time you didn't, but the second or third, like, you start to know what it feels like. What what does it feel like? Yeah, absolutely. So, like, I know, like, I could probably di- self-diagnose myself right now if something mm-hmm. happened with my knee. If I felt like, I remember my ACL, like, my LCL, like a loud pop and then like my knee wouldn't stay together there's nothing holding together it's like nah, that's that's not gonna hold together anymore <laughs> obviously that's blown out um meniscus like lots of times your knee will just get stuck or caught in a position and then like you have to force it to force a way out and, and if that ever happens like i remember my fourth or fifth time it happened fourth or fifth year i was like yeah i Turned to my coach, I was like, yeah, I, I just tore my meniscus. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, what? And I was like, yeah, I know for a fact I did. Yeah. And sure enough. So, like, it's, like, it sucks. Like, mm-hmm. initially, you're just like, oh, shoot, like, not again. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this again. And it's kind of heartbreaking because you're kind of cheesed for the next however many months. Mm-hmm. But pretty soon, you, you accept it. And you're like, you know, let's just work hard, get back, get back to where we were. Mm-hmm. Let it be a, a growing experience and teach you a little bit of patience. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. patience. Oh, yeah. It's probably something that you're really, really <laughs> fond at. I I would, I would, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily fond of patience. <laughs> I've had my experiences with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe that's what God's trying to tell me is I need to work on it. He's like, let me just keep pounding True. this. True. We're going to make him patient eventually. So. Yeah. And that's a good point to that you know maybe god was trying to teach you something and mm-hmm. you know in in those moments of you know your knee injuries mm-hmm. i mean i don't know if you had to do it five times but you know, <laughs> hey we'll take it that's okay you i know? didn't learn the first or the fourth time maybe maybe <laughs> i learned the fifth time yeah. <laughs> um so um did you wrestle when it was torn at all ever yeah so like like i would quite often mess it up earlier in the season like obviously when my my acl happened there's there's no coming back from that but when my meniscus would get caught it was mid-season i was like oh like well can i get by on it maybe maybe not rest a little bit and we'd always figure out a way to either tape it or put a big brace on it mm-hmm. to where it was manageable so rest a little bit on it yeah. probably wasn't the greatest idea didn't make it any better but <laughs> but i had to get through a season yeah is it is it pain management too at that point a little bit where yeah. you're just like eh, yeah you know. a lot of it like it happens enough you're like oh, i'm used to the that kind of pain yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm used to the do you ever get used to that kind of pain i don't know <laughs> if it happened again today i'd probably be crying like yeah. the first time <laughs> but, uh, no yeah no one would blame you for crying i mean <laughs> um I guess I've been fortunate enough. Um, injuries haven't really been a bug for me, so I, I'm blessings. Just, yeah, I'm trying to learn. I'm loving to learn about, you know, how to battle back in your adversity. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so, can you give me a story? I want to go back to the mission trip one more time. Can, mm-hmm. can you come? Can you give me a story that happened, you know, on your mission that you'd like to just kind of share? Yeah, absolutely. So there was a time, I was actually when I was out in the suburbs, and um, I remember it was kind of like having a rough time. We weren't getting much success. People were slamming doors in our faces. Mm-hmm. People weren't really wanting to listen to us. I was like, I was like man, is this like really for me? Like, this, this really stinks. 
Um, but I remember we actually just got a phone call, which never happens. Nobody calls the missionaries. Mm-hmm. We always have to reach out and call them. And it was actually a guy from Nigeria. And he picks up the phone. He's like, hey, like I'm from Nigeria, and I saw one of your cards just laying around and thought I'd like call you up. How are you doing? Can you come meet with me? I remember we walked into his apartment. He didn't have any furniture, nothing. And so we just sat on the floor, and me and my, we call him a companion, the guy that we work with. Mm-hmm. We were sitting there, and we were just teaching and talking to him. And then at the end of this this lesson, he turns to us, and he's like, he's like, I don't know if you understand like how big of a miracle this is. He's like, but when I was in Nigeria, I had a dream that I had come to America, and I dreamed that I was meeting with with two men in a room with white shirts, and we were talking about Christ, and they... They saved my life. And as missionaries, we wear white shirts and ties like every day. And he's like, he's like, and now looking back, he's like, this is, this is absolutely the dream that I had. And I was like, well, like if, if that's not proof enough that, that this is important, then yeah. I don't know what is. And I mean, on a mission, wow. you have countless miracles like that. Yeah. But that was that that's definitely one, that stuck at, wow. one of the big ones. Yeah. Wow. That's, I'm just trying to take that all in. Yeah. That's, that's an amazing story. Um, and that's the impact that you have, you know, or that you had, and then you still have to this day. You know, <laughs> but that—that's the impact that you you had when you were on your mission, and that's got to be just—I don't know—it's unbelievable to me. I guess I'm trying to fathom. It's just—it's just unbelievable. It is. I mean, like it's—it's it's way above me or anybody else could do. Like obviously, we just know God's in charge. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of just his puppet down here, do mm-hmm. what he's <laughs> do what he's asked me to do, and hopefully I, I'm in the right place at the right time so I can help one of his children out yeah so. um that's yeah that's awesome i love i love hearing these stories they just make me f- feel so grateful you know and mm-hmm. you know uh i've had some missionaries come to my house invite them in and you know treat them nice super so, cool man yeah especially when it's cold out there's yeah you know I, I, <laughs> you're the people that like we love you let us know it's like thank you yeah, i don't I care if you don't have what i've listened to but it is freezing out here <laughs> yeah um so yeah, well, what else um, What else do you got here? I'll kind of leave the floor open to you here a little bit. and No, yeah, like, I mean, like I've said, mentioned kind of throughout our conversation here, like God's above everything. Like he's got the plan, and, and thankfully it's worked out a lot of ways to help me. Like he, from getting recruited to being able to be out here to, to going on a mission, having the miracles that I've had happen, to have people and friends and, and leaders in my life that have, influenced me to be where I'm at God's God's in charge of it um, even down to being able to meet my wife and know her and, and get married to her obviously it's the <laughs> best thing that ever happened to me and yeah. for some reason she she's sticking with the crazy wrestler that lives <laughs> a thousand miles away from her man mm-hmm. um, but just knowing that, that God is in charge and like everything we owe everything to him I owe everything to him and I'm grateful for like what I've been given great opportunities yeah um, can't waste it you know right yeah like, true we all been given so much there's always somebody down the road who's worse off and we can always help more than we more than we think yes yes those are some very true words very true words um now i, I just want to say that you said that she's with the crazy wrestler <laughs> you gymnasts are kind of like they're, they're <laughs> spunky man. they're spunky yeah they're wild yeah they, i mean i always i always tell her i'm like you know 
every other sport you can just throw anybody in there. Like anybody can just walk into a dressing room and I guess wrestle a little bit. I was like, but me, I'm not gonna go out there and throw a double backflip <laughs> oh, and hope no to kidding. live through it. No kidding. <laughs> I talked to uh, a little a uh, couple weeks ago. I talked to a Nebraska gymnast, uh, Genesis mm-hmm. Gibson. Oh yep, I um, Genesis. Oh yeah. So yep. I talked to her and yeah, her is just. Way above wild, dude. Yeah, way above. So, <laughs> wild. Yeah. Um, you, you get out. Have you seen her? Um, not Genesis, but your your wife. Have you seen her compete, been able to? Because I know Nebraska actually yep. went against BYU at the beginning of the year. Yeah, so that was actually the first time I've ever seen her compete live is really? when they came here. And I was just like, like wow, man, what a miracle. Mm-hmm. Like, I get to see you compete once. Maybe I can see you down the road. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I got to watch her when they came here, and great job. Yeah, Great things kind of, kind of bittersweet. I think BYU ended up winning. Yeah, I know it was kind of weird. I, I was in the back. I was like, I was like, go BYU!" Looking around, making sure nobody saw me. Yeah. What, uh, is, what does she compete on? She's all around, actually. So oh. she does all four. Cool. Yeah. Does she have a favorite, or does she? I don't know if she necessarily. I think floor is a favorite for a lot mm-hmm. of them. She loves floor because it's fun, and she gets to do some wild things. Mm-hmm. But she's extremely good at them all. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think she's got like gymnast of the week for a conference nice. five weeks in a row or something. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. All <laughs> I right. Know. I'm like, man, you're married to a slob. <laughs> yeah. <over here."> <laughs> <laughs> um, what uh, does she has she tried to train you at all or show you any moves like on the floor or beam or? <laughs> yeah, we were on the trampoline the other day or a, a couple months ago, and she's like, you know what? Just like, throw yourself backwards, tuck your arms, and spin. She's like, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> so we're on the trampoline out there sweating bullets because. <laughs> I'm trying to throw a, a wild backflip thing, and mm-hmm. she's she's like, no, nah, that's not how it works. <laughs> I'm like, mm, I'm going to break my neck. Yeah. Here. Let's not do this. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. What? Um, well, yeah, I don't know what else. Um, I guess I'll just kind of end it on that, you know? Yeah. It was awesome to have you here, and great to talk, and happy to have you, and we'll have you again, hopefully. And Yeah, man, been super fun. Great great opportunity. Thanks for reaching out to me. Thanks. Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, got to give the um, give the credit to Megan Straub. She's the one that yeah, she kind of <laughs> coordinate with, and she just reaches out to whoever. and She gets the job done. Yes, yeah, she does, yeah. <laughs> so um, one last thing. Did, did you uh, – any other sports that you did kind of in high school? Yeah, I actually grew up playing baseball. Really? Yeah, my whole life. I actually – um, through like my freshman year, I probably played more baseball than I wrestled. Really? Yeah, baseball was a year-round thing, and wrestling was three, four, five months out of the year. <laughs> and so baseball was actually was like my favorite sport. I love baseball, but eventually got to the point. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stick with wrestling. I'm going to really be proficient at that. And so about the beginning of my sophomore year, I was like, let's just wrestle. Yeah. We're done. Yeah, I mean, when you probably blew out your knee, like, it probably took away your baseball time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, start messing your knees up right through the summer. You're like, well, no baseball now. Yeah. So. Well, happy to hear everything is going well. Really awesome to talk to you about your experience, your mission, um, you know, the the Word of God and, and how that works and all, or, you know, how that works in your wrestling and just mm-hmm. in your daily life. Because I think... A lot of people can be inspired by that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Hopefully. Yeah, hope. true. True. So well, I appreciate it, and um, good luck the rest of the year. Hopefully we'll see you at the Big Tens. Um, Hopefully. Yeah, it's I'll be there. Will, will you be there yeah, in attendance? I'll be will there. Will you be working it? Uh, probably. Yeah, I'll really? be working or I'll sit in the stands. So <laughs> yeah. we'll see you there. <laughs> uh, yeah, and hopefully we'll see you on, on the mat too here mm-hmm. maybe next year. 
So that's I, the goal. Yes. Yep. I can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. Be exciting. Well, thank you very much, man. It was a pleasure. Yeah, I appreciate it. Big time. Thank you. Yep. Thanks. again for listening to this episode of the let's talk wrestling podcast special thanks to my guests brandon van tassel and megan straub for being a liaison and coordinating the interviews please feel free to rate comment and subscribe to this podcast you can also check me out on facebook twitter instagram and snapchat to hear more of my content and be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the let's talk wrestling podcast take care and we will see you next time